This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello, and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle, or the Aragon books, page-by-page and chapter-by-chapter. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host. You might know me as Shelby or SheCup. And so before we do, I just want to remind you, please join our Discord, The Cups Podcasting, and more. You can find that link in the episode description. Also, if you leave us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple with five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And so please rate and review us on those two platforms. It really helps the show. Now, with that being said, let's get into it. So today we are talking about Through the Dragon's Eye. And so in this chapter, Aragon flies for the first time since he was injured with Saphira flying in the spine. Uh, He has a very, very thrilling experience where he actually gets to see through the eyes of Saphira, which is very, very interesting. He's then contacted by Braum, and they have lost the Razak's trail, and they can't seem to find it until Aragon finds a little jar with some liquid in it that burns him and they realize that it's a type of like acid or poison that the Razak use and so as they're trying to figure it out Aragon comes up with the idea to track it via the shipments of this acid poison and Brahm says well there are a couple places but the best one for us to go is the city of Tirum as it's on the port and that's the best way to go and that's the end of this chapter so what are your thoughts? I um really enjoyed this chapter. The chapters I feel like are getting better. Um, more things are happening. It's less introspective, which not that introspection is a bad thing at all. Um, but it 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 just feels like things are happening. So I had some thoughts. Um it's interesting that. And this is kind of a theme I'm seeing with Aragon. Like Aragon will be really anxious or nervous about something. And then he like does it. And then halfway through, he's doing that thing for the first time. He's fine. He's like, oh yeah, great. This is cool. And I just really relate to that. Like I can psych myself up sometimes in my, get in my head and get too much anxiety about things. And then I go and do the thing and I'm like 10 minutes into it. And it's, oh, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm good. We got this. Um, so I relate to that in Aragon. I definitely relate to that urge or really inability to control your anxiety <laughs> at all. So that was relatable for me. Yeah, definitely. I think this, we get the kind of more like fantastical version of flying that we expect from a dragon movie, mm-hmm. like, or a dragon like book or experience. Like this very much reminds me 
of the scene from How to Train Your Dragon, you know, the one that everyone always points to the music and just him flying and the screaming and the excitement. I feel like this is kind of what we expect from a dragon fight. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, it also really intrigued me that um, Safira's colorblind and Aragon says this really funny thing that's like, why are you seeing so much blue? And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, one minute I relate to you and then the next minute I'm like, you are such a teenager. Right. Another thing that I've been noticing is like the freedom aspect. That's been something that's come up a couple times over the past few chapters is like they're in the middle of this wilderness, this wasteland, this nothingness. And Aragon feels free, I think, for probably the first time in many chapters, probably since one of the first couple. And, you know, it's like the wilderness. And, you know, if Aragon really wanted to. He could probably build a house somewhere in the wilderness and really escape notice. Mm -hmm. He could probably live out the rest of his long days. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I just thought was absolutely hilarious is um, Brahm is so irritated at Aragon. Like, and and usually I'm on Brahm's side, but this time I'm on Aragon's side because Brahm gives him all this lore, all this information about like, oh, well, you know, anyone who rides dragons, anybody who has magic can like get into your mind um, if you develop that skill, right? And so Brahm tells Aragon about this. Aragon already is familiar because of his stuff with Safira. And Brahm is like, gives him this very serious talk a few chapters ago about how like you need to protect your mind. You've got to put up a wall. And this is what you do if somebody's trying to get into your mind and you have to be on guard all the time. And then Aragon is, is in the middle of this out wasteland and somebody's trying to get into his mind and he freaks out and is like, oh my God, I have to push them out. I have to push them out. And does a pretty freaking good job of it, if I may say so myself. And then Brom is mad at him because it's Brom. He didn't tell Aragon that he could do that. Well, he knew that Brom could speak with his mind. He did, but he didn't know that. Like he just didn't know that that was going to happen that way, and he didn't know that Brom would, I guess, do that to him either. And so he's like not at all expecting it, and he's just like, "Oh, that was you." And Brahm is mad, and I don't think it's fair of him to be mad. Right. And I think that what Brahm should have done is taught Eric on how to recognize his presence in his mind. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I think that's really Brahm's frustration, but it's very, like, old man. Like, have you ever tried to, like, do a task with an older person and they explain it to you, and then they do you do what they said, and they're like, that's not how I said to do it. <laughs> Yes, I have had that experience many, many, many a time. Yes. So I guess the last thing we really should talk about with this chapter is there's two things because the Razak come back. Um, we don't see them. They don't actually make an appearance, but they've been hunting them for a long time. And this is like the first anything we get of them again. Um, and that's that their tracks have disappeared. 
and Aragon finds this flask of liquid. But there's a bit a big lore drop with this. And first, Brom tells us that the dragons would not bear um, to consent to like take a Razak as their rider, which I thought was interesting. Um, he doesn't really give us any more information than that. That's all we get. We don't get why. Um, but then there's this flask with the oil in it. And um, I have a quote that I wanted to read from this chapter. It's from page 166. And so Aragon has brought the flask with the liquid back to Brom and is like, Brom takes the flask and starts to like pour it out. And Aragon's like, wait, 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 it'll burn you. And Brom interrupts him and is like, my skin. Yeah, it'll burn my skin. I know, said Brom. And I suppose you went ahead and poured it all over your hand, your finger. Well, at least you showed enough sense not to drink it. Only a puddle would have been left of you. What is it? Asked Aragon. Oil from the petals of the Sether plant, which grows on a small island in the frigid northern seas. In its natural state, the oil is used for preserving pearls. It makes them lustrous and strong. But when specific words are spoken over the oil, along with a blood sacrifice, it gains the property to eat any flesh. So my thoughts on this were, number one, this is extremely dangerous. Number two, it's so funny that Brahm is so irritated with Aragon, like... Of course, of course, he just poured it out onto his hand, like pour it onto the ground or something, at least first, my God. But like, it's just so funny because you can see that like Brom has like taken upon the task of like, okay, I'm the man, like, I need to make sure that you're alive and that the king doesn't kill you or you don't get yourself killed because mm -hmm. you're the last free dragon rider right now. Right. And here that is this little 15-year-old punk who at every corner is getting into near-death experiences. And he, like, doesn't even recognize that he's having near-death experiences. Right. He's just like, oh, cool, liquid, what is it? Is it alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I am convinced that it is only by, like, pure, like, biological survival instincts that he did not drink it. I think that's accurate. I mean, and, like, also... When something is that dangerous, you kind of know. You can smell it, like, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's interesting that this is kind of the first reference we ever get to some kind of form of blood magic. Mm -hmm. For those of um, our listeners who don't necessarily play Dragon Age, do you want to kind of explain what blood magic is? Well, blood magic is just where you use someone's life force or blood to fuel your spell instead of like. In Dragon Age, it's Lyrium, or here it would be your own strength or words of power. But the fact that he says specific words means that he means words of power from the ancient language. Mm -hmm. We also, we can't skip over this. We also learned that the Razak do have flying mounts. Yes. So it doesn't tell us, though, like what specifically the mounts are. No, it does not. But we do learn that there are other dragons are not the only like flying creatures that are large enough to ride. But we also know we learned I skipped this. We learned that this oil is what probably killed Garo. Yes. Yeah. Sadly. So what do you think of little we kind of get Aragon's first little like moment of intelligence and smart and like a plan, you know? That's true. He is like taking initiative for the first time. I would argue we've seen him. He, we've seen his intelligence a lot before, I would argue. 
but yeah, no, it, it's very interesting to me that it comes to him in this way, because I think that, um, I think that for Aragon, his intelligence is very much tied to his youth growing up hunting. Um, I don't know what like type of intelligence that would be classified as, but I do very much feel like his skills, his natural skills um, come from that. And so he's hunting the people that have or sell this oil. And so I feel like he's getting to use a lot of those skills again. And it would take someone who is a hunter to be able to kind of connect all of those dots. Like Brahm could not do it. And he's been a story storyteller amongst other things. So I do feel like that's significant. It's basically like, and I don't know how effective of a hunting tactic this would be, but it's like, okay, I want to hunt wolves, so I'm going to follow deer around. Right. But a little bit more sophisticated than that. Right. Which is just really interesting. And I think that this shows that Braum, for a long time, has not really had a lot of interaction with common people. Um, because I do think this is a very, like, something that a common person, an everyday person of Allegasia would know, like, would think of, oh, well, they have to sell this, and, you know, we keep records of all these sales or whatever, because everyone interacts with a trader, everyone does some kind of trade of some kind, so they would know the laws and bearings of what would be around them, so Aragon's like, well, let's just go look at these manifests. Right, absolutely. It makes total sense to me. All right. Well, what are your predictions? I only have one. Um, and it may be kind of stupid, but I do really think the Razak, Razak, they have some kind of magic. They have some kind of like I felt like for a while they had some kind of teleportation method. Um but then I realized, well, they have these other beasts that they may ride too. So I don't know about that, but I feel like they've got some kind of magic in them. And there's this whole connection with like, oh, a dragon would never let them ride or a dragon would never let a Razak ride them ever. So I feel like there's some magical connection. I just don't know what it is. Right. And Aragon is not empty of his questions because he wants to ask some more to Brom tomorrow. Of course. His questions never end. Right. That's, I guess, another prediction. Aragon will never stop asking questions. Hmm. I think that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.